Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Sometimes you may get advice from someone trying to help you with a problem. And after you've heard the advice, you may conclude that it was not helpful. It will not improve your situation. And you may have felt like saying, that's easy for you to say. You are not going through what I'm going through. Or you don't understand. That's not as easy as you make it sound. There are plenty of people who are ready to give you advice. They are wired that way. So you may even get their advice unsolicited. What they offer you may be the best or correct solution for your situation, but you may just not be ready for it. Or you may have heard it before, and it didn't help you. You're looking for something different, something better, and that does not seem to be happening. So that might leave you in a perpetual state of worry. True, some of us are more anxious than others, and we worry about any and everything. If you could just find that magic wand that will make your worries go away once and for all and never come back, you would take it. But that doesn't seem to exist. You may have heard the story about a woman who was a warrior. She worried about everything. But one day, she woke up and suddenly, she felt there was nothing to worry about. She couldn't believe it. She didn't believe that was possible. So instead of having peace, she thought there must be something wrong with her. She got into worrying again, thinking that it was wrong not to worry. So she worried about not being worried. Of course, hers is an extreme example. But we all worry about one thing or another. It may be along the lines of, am I going to be in good health next year hearing the news about that healthy person who died suddenly? Am I going to have my job next year? People are being fired. Or the business is losing clients. Is it going to shut down and I'll be out of a job? What about my children? Is something bad going to happen to them? Will they be safe in school, given the recent school shootings? What things are they learning from their friends that might negatively impact their faith? Several months ago, I went to a grocery store to pick up a gallon of milk. I had been to that particular store many times before, so I knew where to find it. It was not where it was supposed to be. I did not know that the store had changed their, their layout. I don't know why they keep changing their layout when I think I should be able to just go in, grab what I need, and then get out of the store. Maybe marketing research drives what they do. Maybe they want you to look at other stuff and create a desire to buy in you. I walked through a few aisles before I found a new location. As, as I was walking toward that new location, I noticed a woman standing in the middle of the aisle behind her cart. I saw another woman coming from the opposite direction. She said hi to the first woman. Soon they were having a conversation, but they were talking loudly, so I could hear what they were saying. The second woman asked the first one why she was parked in the middle of the aisle like that. She responded, I'm waiting here for my daughter, who just remembered to pick something up when we're almost ready for checkout. You know, 
Nowadays, you cannot afford to take your eyes off your kids. You can never be too careful because the world does not feel safe anymore. That's worry, anxiety. I think she expressed the feelings of many people in America today. Some say they can remember a time when kids could walk to their friends' homes and play, or even just play outside by themselves. But now it looks like most kids just stay home and play games on their electronic gadgets or perhaps just watch TV. Even when kids go to school and it is expected that they will be safe there, that guarantee is no longer there. Just when you think it is ended, another shooting happens and you are no longer threatened that your child will return to you that day. It creates anxiety in you. The mass shootings are not getting less. The perpetrators do not seem to care who they are shooting. Young or old, it is the same to them. Brazen daylight robberies. Even though the perpetrators are caught sometimes, that does not seem to deter other would-be robbers. There are lots of things to worry about in our world today. COVID is still around and infecting people in high places like the president and members of his cabinet. The speaker and several members of Congress have had it recently as well. And now there is monkeypox and not enough vaccines for those who want to get vaccinated against it. I just heard on the news last Wednesday that some lab techs are refusing to draw blood because of fear of contracting monkeypox. You leave your home to go and work, and when you are there, you are so worried, you don't want to do what you are trained to do. The wild swings in weather, from extreme heat to flooding, that has killed people in the last couple of weeks. Wildfires, they are getting worse every year. It is heartbreaking to watch all these families that are losing their homes and properties due to the huge fires that are erupting. High inflation that you can't escape. It's so bad that when gas is at $4 or less, it seems to be cheap simply because it is less than the $4.98 it was a few weeks ago. That is leading some economists to predict a recession, and that creates even more worry for us. In this day and age of science and technology, people still struggle to make ends meet. Some really don't know where the next meal will come from, whether they are adults or children. They have difficulty buying clothes when the ones they have are getting old or worn. And Jesus told the disciples not to worry. You may wonder what their reaction was when he told them not to worry about food and clothing. It doesn't look like Jesus was going to do anything practical to remove their worries. He simply told them to think about birds just living the lives they've been given and plants that can be easily destroyed, simply growing and being beautiful. If you were a disciple then, you might have thought, well, they are wired that way. We are wired to worry when we are not sure where the next meal will come from or how we will pay for the lease or the rent. Whatever their reaction was, Jesus already knew, and he did not change his message to them. He still told them not to worry. Most of them were poor, so it must have been hard for them not to worry. Things could easily go from bad to worse for them in a heartbeat. But Jesus said, do not worry. We know that worry feeds worry, and it grows. It can make your life miserable. 
The very things you cannot do anything about grows and grows, not to a solution, but to a more miserable self. You don't even need me to tell you this, because I think it is self-evident. Your mind can go on a loop, round and round, and not being able to get rid of worry. Maybe you could use some practical advice about how not to worry. I have an old pop psychology book that gives practical advice on how to navigate many things in this life. The author has something there about how not to worry. First, he names two things that most people are afraid of. These are fear of failure. It is expressed, for example, as in, I just hope I can handle that new job. If I don't pass that examination, I'm sunk. Everything depends on landing this contract. Second is fear of being rejected. It is expressed in, I would like to get acquainted with them, but I am not going to take the chance on getting snubbed. It is safer not to stick your neck out. I am always so nervous when we have them to dinner. I never know what to say that will be of interest to them. He offers solutions. He says, do not live in the past or the future. One is dead, the other is not yet born. Live in the present. Do the best you can now. Do not worry about tomorrow. Wait until tomorrow becomes today. Then it belongs to, do, to you and you can do something about it. Next, he says, remember that hurry increases worry. Arrange your schedule so you don't have to rush. Allow time for the things you want to do. Anything that will not fit without crowding, do tomorrow. Do not think of problems as justifications for anxiety. Think of them as opportunities for action. He takes it as a given that people who have little will worry about not being able to make it. And people who do not have enough food would worry about where the next meal would come from. He might say, look back to the past and notice that you were able to make it yourself or received help from someone and don't give up. Sounds like very good advice to me that can be helpful in this stress-filled world and help with the problem of worry. It is clear that Jesus was aware of this tendency to worry among his own disciples about things beyond their control or even to create scenarios in their minds that could only result in worry. Such worry could deprive them of the peace that they needed in this world. Jesus was encouraging them not to give in to worry and to be hopeful in God's ability to provide. He taught them that worry by itself does not provide solutions God provides. It may be by wisdom to find what needs to be done. It may be through others helping us with our needs. Jesus was not speaking only about things in the present world, but especially about things beyond this world to the reign and rule of God that had begun with his coming into the world. He is in control of that kingdom that will find its full and final fulfillment at his return. You would notice that Jesus did not give them psychological solutions to the problems of worry. He gave them a faith solution. That faith solution encouraged them to look beyond their present suffering, to seek his kingdom. 
He added that it is God the Father's pleasure to give them the kingdom that has eternal value, a kingdom that does not perish, a kingdom where wants and needs will be things of the past. That is where their hearts should be. They may still hunger and thirst and be deprived in this world. It does not mean that God has taken his care away from them. He was teaching his followers that they have eternal value, even though life could be difficult for them. His advice and encouragement to his followers has not changed. You are his followers too. So his solution to the problem of worry is the same for you. It is encouragement for you. You have eternal value before God because you believe in Jesus. Even if you are deprived of things you want or need, your value before God does not change. You are the people of value, the value that counts. God has given that value to you, and nothing can change that, not even worry. Even though you may experience all kinds of troubles in this world, the one who created you, the one who died and rose again for you, cares about you. And he has promised to give you something that is not perishable. It is not something that will give you joy for a limited time, and then it's taken away. He has done the work for you. You have his firm promise. It is not a pipe dream. It is a true reality that you can't see for now, but which is certain to become a visible reality because of the one who has made the promise. He is the one who has taken away the things that can be a hindrance and indeed prevent you from ever enjoying his company. He has taken away your sins. He has made you new people, though sometimes it does not appear that way because of the difficulties you may face. Look to Jesus. Wait for his coming, no matter your circumstances, and you will be in his kingdom where worry will never arise again, ever. In the name of Jesus, amen. Way to rise.